0: We're live. Hello. Welcome to Brought Brought to You by by the the Letter with Carly and Kelsey.
1: I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. And uh, this is Sasha.
0: Sasha's joining us today.
1: She has to wear a muzzle because she's a reactive dog, rescue dog, and she's not quite BFFs with Kelsey yet, but Kelsey gives good scritches though, so she's getting there.
0: (laughs) We're working on it. I am also kind of a high energy, passionate person. Yeah, Which I think passion. is the last time I was here.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh, that, sang yeah.
0: the entire soundtrack of Hamilton, so that might, you
1: know. Sasha is not a fan of musicals, so yeah, that's I understand. She, bork, it, she borked. She borked at Kelsey. It's not for
0: everybody, you know. Yeah,
1: but um. anyways, <laughs> I don't have anything to say except I'm just tired. <laughs> so I don't have any, yeah
0: I don't do you, have any updates. I'm exhausted. Yeah,
1: it's been, but you know, so we've been talking about September a lot <laughs> recently on the podcast, Fre- freaking almost over. It went by so fast. I know. I know. I'm like, where is the time going? Have you heard the thing about when you get older because you experience so many years each year it's like actually like very sad and terrifying but because you've experienced so many years each year Feels seems shorter. shorter
0: oh my gosh
1: isn't that ter- isn't that awful and terrifying
0: all right i'm like good to get into it because let's go this
1: is a long one i yes. think it yes. might be we'll see so we're on V. V, v. Yes, man, we're almost at the we're almost done. I know
0: I'm so excited for our new season. I feel like right now we're just powering through to the end I think, because yeah. we're trying to add more content, but at the same time, we're on the same schedule that
1: we're used to. So it's like a lot to do. So I think that the last few letters of the alphabet are always going to be a little hard. So
0: I actually think it's going to be easy. I know what, already what the last episode is going to be.
1: Wow, so humble brag. Do you know what X is gonna be? <laughs> no, I actually I did look through them though because yeah. I was like, eh. we should expand our like thing to also include ex words, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, that's kind of. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But that's, a, that's
0: a later problem.
1: Yes, um, we're on V, and Kelsey is going to teach me about something. Okay, so today we are going to learn
0: about About vaccines vaccines. brought to you by the letter v
1: very topical yes
0: super chill
1: very not at all controversial not political no
0: i actually well i'll just get into it let's get into it as per usual and Curly did know ahead of time but she just found out so it's not a surprise this week so guys let's talk about vaccines what is a vaccine and how does it work a vaccine is a biological preparation that provides active acquired immunity to a specific infectious disease. Now that's a lot of words. In English? Yeah. What was that? (laughs) So I'm going to teach you about active acquired immunity. Okay. But what a vaccine does is it essentially trains your body to fight off the real disease when you come in contact with it. Makes sense. In vaccines, they can either contain an active component known as an antigen, which your body then generates an immune response to, the active component being part of the disease, Mm -hmm. or it contains a blueprint for making that active component. Component. So I'm guessing it's kind of similar to how we understand the code in our DNA. Our bodies can later identify that disease or code when it comes into contact with it and knows how to defeat it already.
1: Yeah. So I, for a while, I don't anymore, took allergy. I guess it is technically a vaccine, but I took allergy shots. Mm -hmm. And because I had super bad seasonal, like, allergies in the spring and fall and stuff so what that is is they inject small bits of the allergen into you yeah so exactly what you're saying so that your body is like oh hey let me get stronger and fight this and you right know, so right. that when some pollen goes into my nose i'm not like so f- when you rub fainting. your face into
0: a field yeah it is like oh we've we've dealt with this before yeah. we've yeah. seen your kind around exactly yeah An antigen could be a weakened or inactive organism, or it could be a small part of the disease-causing organism, like a protein or a sugar, which for science people makes sense. I don't really know what that means
1: it's mm. just part
0: of it I got it understood <laughs> so providing your body with this weakened version of the disease allows your body to learn the specific way to fight it without getting sick so it's almost like sending your immune system to the gym you know like you yeah you put some train resistance training in there you do some one two punch in there you see you uh you run up the rocky steps and cheer at there the you top. go yeah so cue
1: <laughs> I of the tiger music could you
0: <laughs> could you imagine running up this uh having to run up the rocky steps every time you got your vaccine be like <laughs>
1: <laughs> ridiculous um, the, the doctor like does the flu shot in you and it's like, and it's, like <laughs> and it's like go
0: run run to the art museum yeah yeah anyways <laughs> <laughs> vaccines stimulate what is known as the adaptive immune system or acquired immune system The acquired or adaptive immune system is a subsystem of your actual immune system that is composed of specialized cells and processes that eliminate pathogens or prevent their growth. Okay. So they're your little bodyguards. Yeah. (laughs) By stimulating your body's adaptive immunity, vaccines can help prevent sickness from an infectious disease. When a large percentage of the population train their bodies in this way and get vaccinated, you have a population that begins to develop can you guess? Immunity. Herd immunity. Ooh. Which herd immunity is by definition when enough of the population has received a vaccine and therefore reduces the likelihood of infection for individuals who have not received a vaccine or lack immunity.
1: Huh. So, hmm.
0: yeah. Some people have to uh, pick up the slack yeah. for uh, some of for those real. slackers if you know what I mean. For real some group members are working just a little
1: bit harder <laughs> yeah. than the
0: rest of the group
1: it's like this so you- is the group
0: project yes. we all we just need to get an a on this fucking final paper for this damn marketing class that we need to graduate
1: nobody's I would doing really, their part really really love to graduate <laughs> yeah <and laughs> really badly yeah the trauma is real have you yeah. seen
0: that meme of it's a bunch of people carrying a casket and it says i want my group members uh, to be my pallbearer, so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> 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 like, that's my favorite. That's I amazing. Love it. Let's talk about the additional ingredients, if you will, of a vaccine besides the weakened version of the disease. So, you turn over your vaccine, you'll get your nutrition facts, and what do you see? Ingredient number one some kind of dead disease cells. Awesome. Mm. Ingredient number two, and this one's really exciting most likely some form of a
1: preservative. <laughs> it's not that interesting. Oh, oh, I'm like, "What? Why?" <laughs> no, no, no. Like just, like just... strawberry preserves? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one is exciting.
0: Yeah. So, ingredient number 2 is most likely some form of preservative. Preservatives prevent the vaccine from getting contaminated once it's been opened. Got it. And at first I was like, wait do we share vaccines and then I was like oh it makes sense you take the needle you draw it out of a vial and then you use the needle on someone and then you throw away the needle but I was like ew we share vaccines and then I thought about that. some vaccines come in single dose vials but right right most likely not
1: yes Um,
0: yeah that makes sense so next up stabilizers I could use one or two one or two of those right now if you know (laughs) what I mean (laughs) (laughs) stabilizers prevent chemical reactions from occurring within the vaccine and keep the vaccine components from sticking to the vaccine vial this could be something like a sugar amino acid gelatin or protein the third ingredient in our cocktail this evening is surfactants 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 that's my that's my knight in shining armor name surfactant yeah surfactant surfactants keep all the ingredients in the vaccine blended together and prevent them from settling and clumping. Fun fact, Mm. surfactants are also used in foods like ice cream. I was just going to say, like a smoothie. Yeah, exactly. Next, we have a diluent, which is a liquid used to dilute the vaccine to the correct concentration. The most common diluent is sterile water. It's like you add some sauce in there. That's Mm -hmm. like what it is. And the last, you garnish the vaccine with a little
1: adjuvant... Salt Bay. It Salt in there. Bay,
0: that adjuvant in there. This improves your immune system's response to the vaccine. And it does this a couple ways. It can either keep the vaccine at the injection site for a little bit longer, or it can stimulate local immune cells. So I guess it's like easier to track down kind of for your hmm. cells. Like it keeps in one place. Huh. Now that we know a little bit about how modern vaccines work, Let's bring the wheel back to way before modern medicine. Some sources claim that vaccination-like practices began as early as 200 BCE. Oh, shit. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like 200 BCE.
1: Now, I'm assuming they weren't, like, injecting themselves with stuff. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about that. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm going to pepper in some dates here. There's so much on the history of vaccines that I really can't do it justice, so... Sorry to all you vaccine heads out there if I get like the most important vaccine history. I missed it, but I'm one person and here we are. So, yes.
1: And also do your own research. Do your own research. Yeah. We
0: can only give you a topical level. This is only an hour and a half class. Okay. Yes. We can't get it all in one
1: lesson. Exactly.
0: So, several accounts from the 1500s describe smallpox inoculation being practiced in China and India. There were two ways to receive a vaccine for smallpox back in the 1500s. Would you like to guess how they were administered? Smoking it? Okay. Smoking the disease?
1: (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Smoking it? (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why that's so funny. (laughs) I just think of like... I don't know like opium like people smoked opium right? Yeah. So maybe you can smoke the vaccine. Okay, or drinking it. Okay. Or eating it. Close. Okay. Just kidding. You weren't close at all. <laughs> okay. So ready? You You're can in the- my favorite. You can smoke the disease. <laughs>
0: i mean i guess you could but that would be horrible
1: um i'm gonna smoke this disease on the b-ball court oh yeah i bet you are sorry
0: (laughs) so 1500s Mm -hmm. these are your two options okay number one grab yourself some smallpox scabs Ugh. Any old ones will do. Uh-uh. And this is specifically to treat smallpox, uh-uh. FYI. Don't just grab them for no reason. Mm-mm. If you want to be immune to the smallpox, you have to.
1: Yeah. No.
0: Okay. So, I don't option number that. one you grab yourself some smallpox scabs. Next, you grind them up.
1: And of course, like your crate
0: and barrel mocahete, you know, that you said you'd use for guac, but you're totally never going to use for guac. Yeah. Let's be honest. Mortar and pestle. Yeah. Any old thing will do. And the way that you ingest this ground up scab dust is by nasal insufflation, which means you blow the scab dust into your nose. You snort it. Somebody blows it into your nose, which I don't know why you wouldn't just snort it. I guess you snort it.
1: Oh, my God. that's I just
0: imagine, like, somebody holding out a palm of dust and going
1: <laughs> into your
0: face. <laughs> like pocket sand? Yeah. <laughs> so if oh you're not into God. that option, not to worry. There's a second option. Step one, find a neighbor with smallpox. Oh, God. I'm, like, already dreading
1: this. I know.
0: Now. Find a sore on that neighbor. Great. You've identified the scab. Now, (laughs) scratch that scab Mm -mm. to get some of that smallpox matter under your nails. Mm -hmm. Then finally, take that matter and scratch it into your skin. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. yum. Which actually, I think, would be my preferred method.
1: That is very... I mean, it's very, very... Archaic, but it is basically a va- like an injection. I in know, way. Yeah. I know. Just scra- scraping and scritching yourself—it's just like, uh. So
0: it usually created some kind of localized infection, yeah, in your body, but it would immunize you from the disease because right. your body has already come in contact with it. I'm going to move up a little bit to 1759. An English physician, yes, named william heberden at the suggestion of his friend ben franklin mm-hmm. i love carly's favorite
1: have we talked about that yet i don't know i think i you have. love ben franklin
0: i know you're ben franklin's dan
1: i i don't think we've talked about it on the pod i love him he's my favorite he's my favorite historical figure he's done a lot of shit yeah he's so cool he is cool maybe you could do B on ben franklin Benny Frank watch it you fools aren't ready I actually kind of (laughs) really so hype
0: aren't you I actually
1: really want to do that now
0: (laughs) so this physician at the recommendation of Ben Franklin Mm -hmm. wrote a pamphlet titled are you ready this is the longest title in history okay I can't wait Some account of the success of inoculation for the smallpox in England and America, together with plain instruction by which any person may be enabled to perform the operation and conduct the patient through
1: the distemper. There was like four times when I thought you would be done and then you kept going. Nope. (laughs)
0: It's a mouthful, right? (laughs) So in this pamphlet... Herbert Dunn details the process so that people could perform the inoculation process on themselves. Mm -hmm. He often encouraged parents to perform the procedure on their children. Lovely. And Tamara was like, I will not be doing that to my kids. And that was the first anti-vaxxer ever born. (laughs) Just kidding. We will get into anti-vaxxers in a sec, but not right now. His way of vaccination, I had to read this page and it was written in old english and Um, like it was like doth not uh it it just made no sense and it was very like intense but the process is you take some thread and you put it into a smallpox sore you get it all nice and wet and you get your lovely smallpox thread and you let it dry out then you take a pen knife or a lancet and you create a small incision in the person who is receiving the vaccination until it draws blood. It's usually in their arm. Then place a piece of that gross ass thread in there and wrap her up. And replace that thread every twenty four hours for four to five days. <laughs> hey, at least they're
1: replacing it. Like I
0: know, right? It makes you a little thankful for shots, doesn't it?
1: Yes, a lot. Like I'm I personally am not someone who's like I can do shots. Like I said, I did the allergy thing. I had to get three shots every week. So like I'm fine. Like stick stick me oh, up all you yeah. want. Like it's not Yeah. Disgusting or scary to See, me. See,
0: I hate shots, but I was also like prone to passing out all the time. So it was mm. like, it's been a long journey for me to conquer that mm-hmm. to meditate through needles and whatnot. Yeah but more so drawing blood was like the worst thing for
1: me. Oh yeah, that's always bad. But.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyways Around the late 1700s, the world as a whole was not looking too hot on that disease front. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of smallpox epidemics on our hands. We had some rubella, yellow fever, measles, chickenpox, typhoid fever, cowpox. And actually, fun fact in 1777, George Washington, who was the commander in chief of the Continental Army at the time, ordered mandatory inoculation for his troops whoa yeah so that this whole vaccine mandate thing that's going on right now yeah it's not new right this has happened many a time. yeah and he did this in reaction to when benedict arnold's troops tried to capture quebec from the british the year before but were unsuccessful due to more than half the troops having smallpox wow yeah so are you telling me (laughs) so are you are you telling me that getting vaccinated is literally the most murica thing you could do right now wow oh my gosh would you be a patriot wow kelsey would you be a hero yes wow it is heroic historically it was at the founding of our country of the united states Mm -hmm. so maybe
1: you should think about that that's awesome moving on <laughs> kelsey kelsey is gonna after this kelsey and i are gonna log on to the discussion boards and just no thank in. you yeah. i
0: i avoid
1: oh all yeah i mean content same same yeah but no. still
0: it's nice to, to it's kind of cool to learn about though yeah. like i thought a lot of these problems that you'll come to find that we're having now have always been problems there's always been anti-vaxxers since the beginning of vaccinations mm-hmm. there's always been a lot of resistance to them in general because people didn't understand them or didn't have the correct information right. before it was because you literally had to lance it your arm uh-uh. or or whatever fucking cut your arm open yeah. for it a little, little nick but still yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> in 1796, an English physician and scientist named Edward Jenner tested an hypothesis he had that would eventually lead to the vaccine for smallpox. Oh. Noting the common observation that milkmaids were generally immune to smallpox. What? Yeah, you'll find out. Jenner postulated that the blisters that milkmaids received from cowpox which were similar to smallpox, but Uh less severe, protected them from the smallpox disease. Also, I literally hate this part, but, like, Jenner tested this theory on his gardener's eight-year-old son. Ew. By scraping pus from the cowpox of a milkmaid and putting it into the cuts of the boy's arm. Traumatizing. And also... An eight-year-old, you couldn't just, like, pick somebody off the street. Like, some yeah. older person yeah. who could, like, actually
1: give you consent. Whatever. It's
0: fine. I, I mean, I can't change it now.
1: But You go to the guy that owes you money and be like, hey, pay You
0: know me. how I said it was fine that you didn't pay me back? Now you can. Well, now you can. Test my <laughs> hypothesis. Exactly. But fair warning, mm-hmm. you could literally die. <laughs> because everything is trying to kill you up yeah. until, like,
1: the oh literal.
0: Gosh. I mean... Technically, everything's still trying yeah. to kill us. But it was a lot worse then. <laughs> okay, it's the 1800s. We're throwing mandatory vaccination orders left and right in Britain, in Germany. We're hashtag winning. This is not new. And by 1879, less than 100 years after Jenner's cowpox discovery, the first laboratory vaccine ever was created by French chemist Louis Pasteur. Oh, yeah. To treat chicken cholera. Pasteurization.
1: Oh. Louis Pasteur created pasteurization. That which makes is... sense because it's exactly spelled like pasteurize. yeah It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, how to make milk safe and cheese and shit. Sweet. Not shit, but, you know. And shit safety. <laughs> yeah. You know, for all you shit eaters <laughs> out there. Probably yeah. some anti something. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and by
0: 1922, so I'm, I'm really jumping ahead mm-hmm. here. There's so much... yeah. There's so many diseases and there's so many vaccinations. And to really go through that, I would have to, like, do a full episode on each one. So we're glazing over that. We're heading to 1922. Many U.S. schools required the smallpox vaccination before kids could attend the school. The last cases of naturally occurring smallpox in the United States were in an outbreak limited to eight people in Texas in 1949. And the disease continued in the rest of the world through the 1970s. And by 1974, the World Health Organization adopted the goal of universal vaccination by 1990 to protect children against six preventable infectious diseases. Measles, polio, diphtheria, whooping cough or pertussis. I like that word better. (laughs) Tetanus and tuberculosis. But by the 80s, only 20 to 40 percent of children in developing countries were vaccinated against these six diseases. Hmm. In the United States, it's pretty standard to get those like yeah. at your six month checkup or one yeah. year checkup, something yeah. like that. Being able to provide to other countries or getting people the access they need to these vaccines is difficult for a multitude of reasons, which. Yeah, I may go into that a little bit later.
1: I don't recall. I wonder if your parents have this my mom does there's one shot that she Mm -hmm. has like a A
0: circle and dots on her arm Mm -hmm.
1: but we don't get that one or at least if we
0: I believe that's the polio
1: one yeah if we do it's done differently or something now so because my mom has that scar and I think it's like a thing that like people have that are maybe our parents age smallpox vaccination scar yep it's a smallpox vaccination scar yeah, so I guess it's not either if it's done differently or it just doesn't leave a scar anymore I think than it used to. Yeah, I can't I didn't look that up. Yeah. But I but <laughs> but I just made me think like, you know, you as a child or when you're younger you get all of these mm-hmm. and then like, you know, obviously stuff changes as science develops, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so that's, that's the other
0: thing is that there's been massive leaps in medicine. Oh yeah. In like the past 40 years. Oh, yeah. 50 years. But by the year 2000, there was a 99% reduction in polio cases from the 1980s. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I
1: feel like polio is basically... It is, Like, nobody basically. can get it really yeah, anymore.
0: Pretty much. So, the 20th century saw great successes at developing vaccines for many infectious diseases, and we now have 31 vaccines that are licensed in the United States. Woo! Yay for us! Yeah, woo! But also remember this is america and it is 2021 <sighs> q, this is america yeah pretty much q anti-vaxxers q systemic racism q bipoc marginalization q governmental distrust the perfect storm for the worst group project ever oh. the global pandemic and i know i'm ratting on america right now but these issues aren't just happening here they're no. happening all over the world and i'm sure there's even more issues on top of that These issues are so large that I really can't do them justice. So if any of these interest you or you want to learn more, I really highly recommend doing some research because I think all of these would need their own episode, as I've said before. (laughs) So let's start with anti-vaxxers. They have existed for as long as vaccinations themselves. (sighs) Massive eye roll. Yep. Yep anti-vaxxers from the 20th century truly aren't that different from their 19th century counterparts using disinformation and anecdotal evidence to support their claims however despite the overwhelming evidence that vaccines do in fact work and the fact that there is an overwhelming evidence and proven facts of science and testing (laughs) behind the vaccines anti-vaxxers be like nope yeah jaron is not getting a vaccine
1: i will not allow it Kaylee spelled K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Yeah, yes. Wait, that's a very normal way to spell Kaylee, actually. Beverly spelled like that. But yeah, yeah, right.
0: The rise in social media has perpetuated this issue by allowing anti-vaxxers to directly target their audience and coalesce support without the constraints of traditional media. This has given the group of anti-vaxxing quote-unquote experts and celebrities a platform to express their uninformed views. Mm-hmm like comedian jenny mccarthy for example who has yeah. written three books that have perpetuated the myth that autism is linked to the measles mumps and rubella vaccine oh, i mean when i look to get medical
1: information i look at comedians. i jenny mean McCarthy. i first
0: go to comedians it goes comedians social media Wiki- then wikipedia wikipedia. Too. wikipedia wikipedia internet forums then the government yeah and doctors and doctors Doctors don't know anything. They're not trained to do anything. They don't know anything. I mean, they only went to school for, you know, 30 years years to just
1: try to heal you. But yeah, sure. They don't know anything. Um, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but also like QAnon. Yes.
0: I wasn't going there. Well, there you go. I mean, you can talk about it. Go for it.
1: Oh, I mean, I know that one of the things that they, of many stuff and things that they talk about is, and, um vaccines and that you shouldn't do them because
0: because they've never worked yeah they don't work and they've never worked except for literally all of the proof that we have today but you know what (laughs) sure your opinion matters yeah it doesn't matter not in science at least yeah so the same thing is happening with the covid vaccine despite some anti-vaxxer influence actually dying from covid oh yeah that's crazy in the past month so in this past august right five talk show radio personalities who are openly anti-vaxxers have all died from contracting covid-19
1: it's honestly, of this year it's honestly like really sad like i is. feel bad for those people
0: it i know it's it's horrible and some of them uh, there's so many accounts but some of them were like i wish i would have gotten the yeah. vaccine like they went back on it some people were like this is all bullshit it's a lie blah, blah blah and I'm like how can you say that while you're like dying of COVID like I guess I just don't understand but
1: I read something yesterday of like a I think she was like 19 or 20 year old who died from COVID and in the article it was like the family was not comfortable of disclosing whether she was vaccinated, like vaccination status and I was like that means so that she that means wasn't she wasn't mm-hmm. I mean So,
0: but the the, yes the covid vaccine has been proven to prevent death of covid 19 death right you can get it but it will lessen the symptoms and potentially prevent death yeah there are a few cases where people have gotten the vaccine and they still have died Mm -hmm. those are more often than not cases where there's a pre-existing condition where yep. there's a medical complication or you are like old AF. Yep. Listen there's so much shit out there. There really is. And it's really hard to discern what is real what is correct information and what Especially is disinformation. Exactly. So it's like you have to just use your brain and think about the past and like how how vaccines aren't new this isn't a new concept. Mm-hmm. It's very old concept. In fact, so old that it may have happened before Christ himself. Wow.
1: <laughs> That's old. Yeah.
0: You know, and like I understand people when they want to protect their kids. You know, your kid is your most important thing in the world. Getting a vaccine for your child, if they are right. somebody who, you know, if you don't have a pre whatever. Getting a vaccine for your child is one of the best things you can do for yeah. them. Yep. you're preventing you're preparing their body to fight off diseases that right. could potentially
1: kill them exactly
0: but it's i know it's a touchy subject can't bring up vaccines without bringing the anti-vaccines into yeah. it so yeah that's that let's skip over that for now and let's talk about systemic racism, and the marginalization Mm -hmm. of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. (sighs) And what has caused a large amount of governmental distrust within these groups? Yes, 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 yes. Now, again, I just want to clarify, I am talking about the issues in America right now. I am not talking about other countries. There is more information regarding BIPOC communities across the world. However, I think this would need its own episode. Right. Literally, repeat, repeat, repeat. Right. (laughs) For some numbers, these are actually confirmed numbers that Mm -hmm. I did look up. Black Americans have had hospitalization and death rates that are nine times higher than those of white Americans. Native Americans and Alaskan Natives have seen nine times as many cases and four times as many deaths as white Americans, followed by Latinx slash Hispanic Americans that have faced three times as many deaths. Mm -hmm. Historical experiences with research abuse have established doubt and skepticism within these communities about the trustworthiness of science research and the government yep i'm going to give you a small example and a bigger example a few examples of this are blood samples that were taken from members of the havu shupai tribe being improperly used in research and The Tuskegee syphilis study, which earned its notoriety from its unethical experimentation on black patients in the rural South.
1: So in IQ, I talk about sterilization based on like IQ and like they would sterilize inmates and stuff. And it's it kind of goes, I don't think I talked about it, but it goes hand in hand of like at that time, the majority of people, you know, who were getting sterilized were like. M- marginalized groups in the united yeah. states who were in prison or deemed you know whatever yeah so it's, there's another instance of something that at the time was you know scientific quote bullshit yeah was actually
0: like so fucked up yeah yeah so. this is a little bit hard to talk about but i'm gonna t- give you a brief overview of this Tuskegee syphilis study okay this project was conducted by the Public Health Service from 1932 to 1972 and examined the natural course of untreated syphilis in black men. It's fucking horrible. A group of 399 syphilis-infected patients and 201 uninfected control patients were recruited for the program. The subjects were all impoverished sharecroppers from Macon County in Alabama, Participants were not given any sort of consent paperwork and they were not informed of the nature of the experiment. Awesome. And the subjects were not told that they had syphilis or that the disease could be transmitted through sexual intercourse. So they did not provide them any information on the actual shit that was going on with them. Great. Treatment was initially part of the study, but some patients were administered arsenic, bismuth, and mercury without being told. After the original study failed to produce any useful data, it was decided to follow the subjects until their death and all treatment was halted. This, to me, is the worst part. Penicillin was denied to the infected men even after the drug had become available in the mid-1940s, and it was still being withheld from them 25 years later. Why? And it was in direct violation of government legislation that mandated the treatment of venereal disease. So they were
1: breaking the law. But why? Just for the fucking study?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. I think it's some weird control thing that's like super dark. it's it's yeah, it's shitty. And then of the people that participated in the study, more than 100 died as a result yeah, of the disease. So that's one reason to not trust yeah. uh, the government or healthcare system or anything in there. On top of that, the BIPOC community has experienced persistent and well-documented racial bias in the healthcare system, not to mention there is a scarcity of Black, Indigenous, and people of color clinicians. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there are large disparities in vaccine access across the country in these communities. Some examples of this include inequitable distribution of doses, failure to place clinics in sites accessible to these communities, or underinvestment in healthcare providers and services in these communities additionally reliance on web-based vaccine registration systems have disadvantaged communities with less access to technology and barriers such as work obligations and limited child care options mm-hmm. reduce their ability to attend vaccination
1: appointments mm-hmm. yeah. so- socioeconomic shit. yes
0: In July of this year, roughly half of the Native American population in the U.S. has yet to be vaccinated, with 13% of the unvaccinated population citing socioeconomic reasons for not getting the vaccine, including not having transportation to get the vaccine or not having time to get the vaccine. A lot of people don't even have the proper information about the vaccine, Mm -hmm. so healthcare professionals are discussing door-to-door tactics to provide additional education and also... I guess potentially vaccination options.
1: The other day I was at the grocery store. I think I was I was depositing a check or something and I looked at this like table that was set up next to me and it was like get a, f- a 10% coupon off your entire grocery order if you get the flu shot and I was like done. Like I, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it was free. So I just went. I literally yeah, but, that day.
0: Yeah, but imagine it like if none of your grocery stores had that true. option true, or true, true. imagine if you're in a food desert very and true additionally you don't have that option it's like the disparity is so large it's i agree it's like
1: embarrassingly i agree i do just want to say though that that i have seen with covid vaccine too like some places are offering money incentives right. of getting it which you know it doesn't fix all the problems but it helps I mean, a tiny yeah, there bit are you know things
0: that are, are that are in place that are helping i mean i just think about the people who cannot like i feel so grateful because all the jobs that i've had are very lax about like if you need to go to an appointment right. or if you need to take time off or if you need right. to pick up your kid you know just do it but a lot of people don't have that luxury right. in life right and it's like if you don't show up to work you're fired and that's, it's the difference. Between, or you don't
1: get paid. Yeah. And then that means you don't feed your kids. right? And then, so the
0: difference is, so either I feed my family right. or I get the shot, but I, and, and I get the shot or I literally just have to risk it every day so that I can feed my
1: family. Right. Right.
0: And it's, it's shitty that that's like what people have to choose between because it's, that's a hard decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking terrible. I'm going to wrap this up with some facts and an emotional plea, we'll say. (laughs) (laughs) So it is proven that immunization currently prevents two to three million deaths every year. In the past 60 years, vaccines helped eradicate smallpox and are close to eradicating polio. Yes, Vaccines helped reduce measles deaths globally by 78% between 2000 and 2008. In sub-Saharan Africa, Deaths dropped by 92% in the same period. Scientific studies and reviews continue to show no relationship between vaccines and autism. The CDC has reported a 99% reduction in the incidence of bacterial meningitis caused by haemophilus influenzae since the introduction of the vaccine against the disease in 1988. This includes HIV. Which I have not heard of. Yeah, me neither. Probably because I've been vaccinated against it, most
1: likely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There are existing vaccines that could stop rotavirus and pneumonia two conditions that kill nearly 3 million children under the age of 5 every year. So if you don't currently get those and you have access to them, you should get them. Yeah. Most diseases are prevented by vaccines and are no longer common in the United States. Yeah. If vaccines weren't used, just a few cases could quickly turn into tens or hundreds of thousands. Obviously, right now we're facing a terrible global pandemic. We're on our second wave, and the only way to stop it is vaccination. Yep. We share as a society in the responsibility of human health as a whole, and we must demand fair and equitable access to vaccines by ensuring every country receives them and can roll them out to protect their people, starting with the most vulnerable. A lot of commentary I've heard focuses around the personal, like the me of the vaccine. Yeah. Like me, I don't want to, I don't want to. But what some people fail to see is that is the we of our society as a whole. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. You have a
0: duty that is greater than even the duty to your country. It's to your fellow human and the long-term survival of our species. And that's not to diminish any of the marginalization or discrimination we talked about previously. Right. But if you have access, you have the means, getting the vaccine is one of the most, the greatest things you can do for the survival of our race. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, that's the truth. And if we fail to get COVID under control, it will continue to devastate some of the most vulnerable communities around the world. A lot of hospitals will continue to face overcrowding, making space scarce for people facing non pandemic related health issues like heart attacks. Pretty much anything for right. that matter. Um, right. I'm not going to end with some big triumphant quote or anything. It's just like a, hey, I understand the hesitancy, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that by learning a little bit about how vaccines work and like why they are successful, maybe we could convince a couple people to, yes. to do it. I mean, I haven't grown my third arm yet. So like, I think I'm good. I mean...
1: I think growing a third arm, that would be great. I more mean, arms to pet dogs. Think about mm- nude volleyball. That's five arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like give me my third arm. I can, you know, when I'm working, I can type with one with two <laughs> hands, be designing something with the other. You can wash dishes. I can wash dishes it. while eating. Yeah. I can think yeah. about think about all the potential benefits. Don't think about the the fellow man, you know. You know, if that's not big enough for you, think, about, think about yourself. About, think about all the things you can do with that third arm. Yeah. Exactly. would be fucking amazing. And this is how misinformation starts, you <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sarcasm 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 yes, yes 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 so sorry that wasn't like a super fun episode but no it was really it was very very informative great i know and it was a lot of sciencey too no but you you did that was great you did a great job very informative but yeah guys please get your vaccine anticipate this will happen but if you need some help figuring out options message us we'll help you we, can we will find-
0: literally sign you up for your appointment yeah we'll find we'll find some solutions for you i'm serious though like yeah i am tired of having this argument with people i am tired of talking about it like it's somehow someone's opinion of whether vaccinations work um because this is reality yeah the reality is that vaccinations do work so right. If you wanna live in a different space, fine, but do it on your own and don't talk to anybody else right. because you're gonna ruin somebody else's life. Somebody who either can't get the vaccine because of a pre-existing condition right. or because of a disparity that you may not know about right. or may not have, Yeah, because that's the definition of privilege. Yes. It's you not are... about what you yep. have, it's about what you don't have. Right. <laughs> It's about what others don't have that gives you the privilege, not about what you have. Let's, we don't have to go there. <laughs> no,
1: let's just try to be stay posy, literally message us. I'm not even kidding if you we will help you. We'll help. Whatever uh, you need,
0: if you need an a life coach being like, "Let's go, we're going to get the vaccine, it's going to be great." Yeah. Whatever you need because we're all in this together. Yes regardless of the fact that you don't know the person on the other side of the world from you know
1: from you right we literally are in this together right exactly so or even the nice older person that you buy your coffee from at wawa in the morning yeah do it for them do Do it it for cheryl do it for sherry do it for do it for damien
0: yeah do you know damien me, you know damien had that pre-existing condition and he's just doing his best he's had a rough go of it yeah, just do it for damien do it for him yeah and do if not just others. do it for us because we us. fucking want you to yeah
1: please good good stuff everybody
0: sweet make sure to rate review subscribe yep um but before that get your vaccine and then yes. we can
1: talk let's do it and we appreciate y'all and have a good day
0: yes you are worth it it.
1: Bye! Bye.